0: Hello and welcome to the Across the Pod podcast. You've made it. You've come over from the other platform. We have new platforms, still part of the EuroTrips network. is a separate podcast all together with all of our content, purely NFL sport you all love. So we are here for our first episode, and it's going to be our season predictions going in. It's the 2022 NFL season. And I've brought with me one of my two guests and regulars from the Hair Dry Treatment Podcast. Hope you enjoy, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the very first episode in our new podcast platform for the Across the Pod podcast. Still with Euro trips just on a separate podcast so you guys don't get football and NFL combined. So in our first episode we are going to hit it off with a banger, we're going to hit it off with the NFL 2022 season predictions and as promised we have the boys from the Hair Dry Shooting Podcast with me. Sadly, just one of them. We've got Steve with me. Luke was meant to be here as well, but sadly, due to illness, he cannot make it. So I'm still with Steve. How are you, Steve? I'm not
1: too bad, not too bad. It's a gorgeous weekend. Uh, we've just watched a, a pretty incredible set of uh, three o'clock football games on a Saturday. And uh, yeah, looking forward. Well, we're, we're almost finished with preseason in the NFL. We're just about there. We're, we've made it through the uh, footballing drought. And now we're into proper sports season.
0: And of course, to me, I always feel like um, you always think, you know, when you see I'm a celebrity start, you always know Christmas is near. And for me, whenever Hard Knock starts, that's my thing of like, right, we are here. We've made it. So as soon as Hard Knock starts, it's just like the next, the Hard Knock's just flown by. All, all these three episodes in, and it's just been an incredible... How quick it's gone, really. So I'm looking forward to on the eighth of October, the September, I should say, for the season to start. Um, and of course, hang
1: on, hang on. did I just say when when I'm a celebrity starts? Yeah, it's
0: like
1: you you are dead to me, man. Honestly, well, it's actually, like, I, I thought
0: I thought you were a sports guy, <laughs> but no. <laughs> to be fair, actually, I say I've not actually watched it in about four years. But when I was a kid, it was always the case. But that show, like a lot of these shows, is just same old now. But um. I must I, actually I take explain. my kids
1: to a, they have a, a theme park or theme ride type place for it where they can do all the, uh, oh, the challenges. Yeah. Yeah. I took my kids to that and it was like, yeah, this feels genuinely horrible and expensive <laughs> <laughs> and like a really bad franchise thing. Yeah. Um, kids loved it, but then again, what do kids know?
0: True. That, that's why they're kids. But um we actually must disclaim as well that this episode is being recorded on August 27th. So in terms of our predictions... If, say, in the next week or so, Tom Brady decides to un- un-retire or Aaron Rodgers joins Jeopardy permanently, then don't hold our predictions too seriously. But we're going to have a th- we're gonna try and do it in three different parts. We're going to have in the same recording, we're going to try and do an AFC episode, NFC episode, and also other categories. Um, if you can get it all in one, great, but it may well be that this episode is split into two or three. So we're going to name you our fourth to first in all the eight divisions before naming you our three AFC wildcard teams, three NFC wildcard teams, our MVP, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. There's a prize team, the biggest disappointment in terms of teams, Comeback Player of the Year, AFC champions, NFC champions before the big one, right at the end, who will go all the way in Arizona and win the whole thing. So, because of how good the AFC is, we'll leave that division to last, the AFC West. We're going to start off this time with the NFC. So, we're going to start off with the NFC East, which is, of course, the division that Steve's team is in. So, we'll let him go first. So, Steve, your NFC East rankings from fourth to first.
1: Okay, so the the problem I have here is basically you have two good teams and two absolutely trash teams in this division. Um, so picking which of the two good teams wins and which of the two trash teams finishes the bottom is actually quite challenging <laughs> so you have uh, you have in the, the commanders I'm going to have to get used to calling them that uh, you have an injury prone quarterback who doesn't know when to get rid of the ball uh, one good wide receiver um, a permanently injured tight end uh, a running back by committee now uh, which last season looked as well had a clear number one and now is all over the place and um, a defence that has uh, one of its top players suspended for the start of the season, um, and an owner who is Satan himself. (laughs) Um, And I genuinely want to see they'll finish bottom. But unfortunately, I look slightly up the uh, the coast into New Jersey, and there's a dumpster fire going on that can be seen from space, which is known (laughs) as the New York Giants. Um, The Giants have... and, And this is the first season, I think, Um, in five, six years, I can genuinely say the Giants actually drafted quite well. Mm. I looked at the the, the guys they drafted. I went, that fills a need. That fills a need. That fills a need. That's a guy of reasonable quality. You know, and this is like the Giants have actually done quite well in the draft. The problem is those are sticking plasters. Those are guys who this season will come in and will learn just how bad the franchise is because the players that are coming in to join are just genuinely terrible. Um, you have, for me, the worst quarterback in the league, in the, in the division, sorry, in Daniel Jones. Um, Maybe not. league, even, well. <laughs> well. there's a lot of competition there. But Daniel Jones, I mean, I, I can't even call him captain check then, because he can't check then properly. Um, <laughs> you know, he like, he loves to take off and run, but he just runs into dead ends because he's got no vision. Um, he doesn't have the arm to go deep. Uh, he doesn't have the personnel to come, you know, to, to get, regular first downs um he's horrible in the red zone um and we all have that famous clip of him falling over his feet when he escaped from a when he did make a big run. Although an interesting stat on that I did note the um he actually reached a top speed in that which is higher than anything Lamar Jackson has ever reached on a football field. Wow wow so during that sprint he was way up there. Before he fell over his own feet. And he is, he is the NFC East's version of Mark Sanchez and the buck fumble with that. No matter what else he does in his career, that's all we're going to remember him for. So, unfortunately, the New York Giants will finish last in the division behind the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, now this is tough. Now, I thought we drafted brilliantly this year. Mm-hmm. I think trading a first-round pick to get A.J. Brown was a masterstroke. I think the remaining first-round picks that we had, which we picked up from previous years, uh, we spent well. We covered areas in defence and and the O-line where we had issues and we needed cover. We persuaded certain key players to restructure. uh, And we got a team capable of winning not just the division, but the NFC Championship. But it all depends upon the quarterback. And then I look down in Texas and I say, well – they did. They drafted okay. I mean, they, they draft. They had need, and they, they drafted for those positions. They, um, for me, I know everyone kind of looks at the likes of Drake London, Chris Olave. For me, they drafted the guy who I think could be the breakout rookie this season. I'll mention that when we talk about it later. In uh, Jalen Uh and by the looks of it, their injury crisis uh, wide receiver means he is going to start probably as the the second or third choice. Um, he'll have three or four games to make an impact, and then you know if he does. They will stay in and then Washington will replace him when he comes back. But they have Dak Prescott. And I do not like saying that Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. You know, I, I throw up in my mouth to even consider saying it, but he is probably the most, he's definitely the most accurate of the four quarterbacks in that division. He's probably the best in the pocket. He's not the most mobile. Hertz is more mobile than him. But when he is mobile, he's probably more accurate throwing on the run than Hertz is. Um So it's going to be down to play calling as to how Dallas do this season, uh, whether or not they do things like calling a I don't know a quarterback sneak on a fourth and seven or whatever it was. they was that the Giants did that or the Cowboys? Oh no, it, it was the Cowboys. The Cowboys called a run play with fifteen seconds. Yeah, ball. that's
0: right. And then they had the time to um, snap the ball. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Likeable, so
1: yeah, um it will be down to play calling, and they've got Mike McCarthy there, who is an absolute master of play calling. <laughs> The best coach in the whole league. Sorry, that that meme has been everywhere this month. Yeah, so, yeah. We that the, the Hatters don't like McCarthy. He's the best coach in the league. Um, I'm going to give it to the Eagles, um, partly because I'm a homer, uh, and mm-hmm. partly because I think defensively we are better this year than we were last year. And last year, you know, we we ran the Cowboys close. Uh, I think Amari Cooper's loss is much bigger than the Cowboys realize. I think they were like, oh, he's going off the boil, he's this, that, and the other, and they want to have a big contract. I think they will regret that because I think C D Lamb is a great receiver. I don't think he'd reached the level yet where he can carry the team. Um, he needed someone like Cooper. Uh, maybe keep Cooper one more. They made the goal. So I can see this mission. I'm going to be generous. I am can see the us finishing 12-5. and five the Cowboys 6 and the Eagles winning that division
0: Okay, Um, the line was dodgy then so if you can just tell us again what the records were you had for those teams you had 12 and 12 and 5 for the Eagles
1: the the Eagles 12 and 5 Cowboys 11 and 6
0: fantastic Um,
1: as opposed to the Cowboys' usual 8-8, eight eight, which they can't get anymore.
0: <laughs> um, just to clarify, actually, as well, um, Luke is also, even though he's not here, he's given us his predictions, or given me privately predictions. He's gone for a Cowboys-Eagles-Commanders-Giants 1-4 to four in the division. Um, just to quickly go back to the whole Memeable thing, you mentioned Mark Sanchez. We actually had... Uh, Olivia on our Jets season preview which actually is still on our old platform if you guys want to check all our team previews out but we made a discussion of actually the most memeable moments you see Adam Gase with the eyes head coach of the Jets obviously Mark Sanchez butt fumble Jets and Sam Darnold yeah. seen ghosts Jets so a lot of the last 10 years the most or well, the last 5 years most memeable moments have come from from Jets people so um, that's
1: what yeah, we can say about that out franchise Yes, wait till we get into that division.
0: <laughs> awkward. I found out the idea actually that, Panny, the the Baltimore Colts, have won more AFC East than the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> and they left the... They changed to Indianapolis in 1984.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a friend who's a big football historian, Paul Stacey, who could probably have told you that. And uh yeah, uh, so fair play to them.
0: Nah. Um, in terms of my NFC East rankings, I've gone for the Giants fourth, Washington third, but I have gone with Steve. I've gone for the Eagles winning the division. I just think that the loss of Cooper's going to be massive. And I think the additions of AJ Brown and Jordan Davis, and for me, Percy, the biggest deal of the draft in the Kobe Dean, I think is going to see a massive improvement. We saw Nick Sirianni last year guide his teams to the playoffs, despite them being in a rebuild year. So I do think that they are going to win this division. And I just don't think the Cowboys are going to have that good a season, if I'm honest, because of that loss. And I think they'll still be good but I just question in a... Whether they'll go do that well. Um, now next up is NFC North, which of course is Luke's division, which of course he would normally be going first in. Uh, he obviously can't be here. But we will give his predictions whilst we're here. He's gone for a Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions um ranking. In terms of my ranking, I've gone for Chicago finishing last. I think they're terrible all, all round. I just think they're an awful team. And they've got nothing. They're the best players left this offseason. And their best player they got left, Rogan Smith, may well leave as well. Um, I've gone for Detroit third. I think they'll have a good year. Um, and I think they are heading the right direction. The Dan Campbell. I've loved watching hard knocks. Um, and I think their team going in the right direction. The Vikings second. I think they are a team in desperate need of a, of a refresh. Uh, I think as good as Mike Zimmer was, I think it was time to sort of have a new, fresh set of minds. And Kevin O'Connell, of course, has come in off the back of winning the ring with the Rams as the OC. And I think that he can be the man to, you know, with the offense of you know, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thedon, I think he could be the man to finally make Kirk Cousins actually play well in prime time. And then number one for me is the Packers. I think even though they lost to Dante Adams, I still think they're too strong. I still think Rodgers will find a way to pass to anyone else. You know, Romeo Dobbs come in, you know, you've got likes of people already there, like Alan Lazard. I think they'll use Aaron Jones a lot in both the run game and also the catching game. I think he'll be a big personal fantasy fancy for anyone playing that this year and not yet drafted. But I just think the Packers have still got, you know, you know, Chicago have got a new head coach, Detroit have got a second-year coach, the Vikings have got a new coach, and the Packers have got someone who's been to the playoffs every year it has got a... An amazing record as a head coach. So, for me, Pac is winning it, And I think, due to the fact that, you know, I think they will be second or third seed in the playoffs. Um, but we'll finally, go on to you, Steve, for your NFC North rankings.
1: All right. So, I'll start. I agree with you. and um, I want to podcast to look, but I'm not going to because they give the Cowboys winning the NFC East. and um, The Bears are tanking. The Bears are in a rebuild season. It's obvious to anyone who's watching um, the, the whole thing with Roquan Smith to come you know, close to the start of the season is really, really unfortunate. Um, do I think they'll get that deal done in time for the start of the season? Probably not. Um, just the way the Bears seem to operate, um, I think they're more likely to trade him away. Uh, I don't think the Bears want to pay the money. I think they want to free up that cap space so that when they get to next season and they have a lot of draft um, capital, you know, they can go out and they can not they can not just draft the best because next year's a, a much better draft in terms of offensive players, um, but they can also um pick up some free agents and trade away some of those draft picks to get better players in. Um right now they are they've been declining rapidly pretty much the last two, three seasons. Um there's not much left uh, of real quality in that team. Uh second last to the Lions. And I want to see the Lions run the Vikings really close because they're a team that just seems to get better and better every year. Not like winning the division better, but like, you know, they go from four wins to five wins to six wins. They'll probably peak around eight or nine. They won't make the playoffs. But Dan Campbell teams, like you say, are just so much fun to watch, Um, especially, you know, his his interviews. um, The mentality as his teams play is, you know, his mentality. There'll be a few kneecaps bitten this season. (laughs) Um, he, they, they have for me um, one of the best prospects in the league in Amon, Ra- Sin- Ra- Amon Ra- Saint Brown who has last season on a very average looking team with Jared Goff throwing to him managed to put through some serious numbers uh, and I think this season we could be talking about him um, certainly within the division as probably the best receiver in that division he will be talked about I think in the same breath as Justin Jefferson despite the the gulf and quality between the two quarterbacks that are thrown to him um he will carry that team this season I think the running game is great I still rank I still rate Andre Swift um he had a little bit of a wobble last season but I think the uh, I think this the the Lions drafted well, especially in the roll line and I think that'll give Smith uh, Swift a few more uh, holes to get through and once he's in the, the open field he's a quick little guy um the Vikings are at the very end, for me, of their championship window. Um, Cousins is, is at that point where he's turning. Cook is in that season where this is when you traditionally start to see running backs fall off. Um, Jefferson is still amazing. Thielen is coming towards the end of his run, for me. He's had three or four really good seasons, but I think we're going to start to see a drop-off this year. Um, and then it's just down to their defence. Now, I used to love um, predicting Minnesota games at home because – Defensively, they all just seem to really step up, and they were one of the most difficult teams to play at home last season. That wasn't quite the case, uh, and I'd like to see. I'd be interested to see how they do this season, um, especially when they're playing at home. But yeah, them the third and the second, and obviously the Packers to win the division. It's about consistency. It's about not losing your best players. They did lose Devontae Adams, but that was it. You look at the rest of the squad; they kept the defense. Marginally intact. They drafted well. They still have Rogers, who you know, even without Devontae Adams, can probably still have another uh, MVP season. I think anyone who's doing fantasy draft Robert Tonyan this year, holy crap, he is going to get some points. Uh, and like you say, Aaron Jones will be called upon a lot this year because of the limitations of the wide receiver core. But they're still in both organization and personnel. They are still miles ahead of the three teams beneath them.
0: Yeah, I I do think the Vikings will be as close as they've been in a few few years, but I still think that the Packers for me are way too strong and of course, going back to season hype of course, I've mentioned it many times on the podcast recently that I am going across America for the season and the chance to go to Soldier Field and Lambeau Field, I just can't wait. I'm going to about 20 different games and for me those two are the two I'm looking forward to the most because there's such history behind those two teams and those two stadiums, so I think from that point as well, I'm really looking forward to the season from a personal point of view and I can't wait to see the Packers and see Aaron Rodgers play live. I think he's been one of my favourite quarterbacks to watch these last five years, along with the likes of Mahomes and the get to see him play. It's just going to be amazing. And of course, for anyone listening who's from the UK that has got the tickets to go to London to watch him play, I think we'll all be in for a treat. Um, NFC West. Uh, we'll go back to you, Steve, again. Um, so... Terms of this one, this one of course was a division that only about two years ago was seen as the premier division. Um, and re- this offseason alone is reasons why the AFC West is now the strongest and why we're putting that last in our predictions list. So, Steve, name me your NFC West predictions from fourth to first.
1: So, this, this one's a little bit more interesting. So, last place is really not that hard to predict. Um, it's the Seahawks. They announced Gino Smith as their starter this year. So, pretty much, yeah, embrace the tank, let everybody go. Just accept that you're going to have a season where you get less than four wins. That's the Seahawks. They Is are going see, to be the um, welcome boys.
0: Sorry, to interrupt, did you see last night, the highlights of last night's game with Drew Locke's performance in last night's pre season game? I haven't it...
1: seen that, no. Oh, no,
0: it's... it's like that's the reason why missed the starter. It's not down to him, it's down to how bad Locke was. I think he threw four picks or three picks. And I mean, one was actually tipped off to receivers' hands, but the other ones were just awful throws. And I think that cemented his place as the backup to Geno Smith.
1: I think Drew Locke's development is the reason that we saw them trade for Russell Wilson this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think they 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 had a lot of faith in Drew Locke when they drafted him, but they just watched him and they just watched him and he went, "Where's the progression? Where's the progression? Where's the progression?" Where's the progression? He doesn't have the ability to progress. It, I don't know whether that's a mindset thing for him or a physical thing, but he still looks like a college quarterback every time he steps on the field. Um, there's a certain winning mentality you need to have, you know, a, a, that certain kind of confidence that you breed in the players around you, and Locke just doesn't have it. Um, so yeah, the fact that you know you go to a new team and Gino Smith beats you out for a stark quarterback role says everything you need to know about Drew Locke's NFL career so far. Um, they have Rashad Penny leading the, the the running back core following Chris Carson's retirement. Um, yeah, Rashad Penny is my RB one. Mm, I don't think as many people would say that they want that out of any of the thirty two teams.
0: I mean, I will say he did have a really good end to the year, and I think that's why I actually took him late in fantasy. In one of my drafts the other week was because I think he did look. He he's been a subject of the bus talk ever since he joined the league, but I think he did finally break out. The most recent, I think he he could either go one or two ways. He could either just that could either be a flash in the pan, a bit like Mike Davis a couple of years ago, or that could be the sign of a a much better season. But I think we'll see on that one because I think with a Pete Cowell run first offense, I think they will want to use him a lot, which is why I took him on fantasy as well. But it's a question of whether he is the guy, whether it was just a bit like Drew Locke actually when he first joined Denver, whether it it might just be a flash in the pan, but you never know.
1: Yeah, I I just don't see. I mean, I can see this season genuinely being, um, you know, multiple long bombs being thrown downfield in the hope that DK Metcalf outruns and outjumps people because that's pretty much the only real, you know, franchise level talent they have in the team. Um, And Metcalf, he didn't regress last year. He just didn't. His numbers weren't there because he wasn't being targeted as much. He was being double covered a lot more. Um, I think this season that will repeat, but I think this season Metcalf has to up his game if Seattle have to have any hope of winning matches. Um, but I just don't see the, the, the players around him, um, the quarterback, right the way through the defense. There's no, there's no pass rush there that I can really say that's scary. Uh, in a division like this, you really need that. Um, their coverage, their secondary is just average, as average as it gets. Um, if the Seahawks get more than four wins a season, I'll be very, very surprised. But to move on, third place will be the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think that the team has, they had that big kind of holdout in the summer with Debo Samuel. Um, they've had the whole off-season of will we, won't we with trading Jimmy Garoppolo. The, the team obviously wants rid of him, um, but can't get rid of them. And, um, they haven't announced yet whether or not Jimmy's going to start or whether Trey Lance is going to start. I, I think, think they the haven't will...
0: actually recently that is going to be Trey Lance. It is going to be. When was that? Was that this week? It was a week, a week ago, two weeks ago. It was right, recent. Okay. Um, but
1: yeah, so it's, it's it's you know it's all about Trey area now. Um, I from what I've seen of Trey Lance playing, I don't know if he's the future of this franchise. <laughs> I think this. I, I think. The level of confidence I have in him is probably similar to the level of confidence I have in Tua, and we'll talk about that when we get to the Miami um, conversation. Um, but he's going to have to start quick. He's going to have to get his confidence up, and more importantly, he's going to have to have confidence of his receivers within the first couple of games. Um, Elijah Mitchell, I think, is going to re- you know be fantastic uh, coming back coming from the back. Uh, I do think again it's going to be running back by committee. Uh, I don't think Debo will get quite as many runs this season, although he was spectacular doing that. I think his new deal very much has him as a wide receiver. I think he wanted more if he wanted to play running back. Can not recall previously any player saying, you know, I won't play running back if you give me a contract which is just wide receiver money? You know, that that's very unusual, but the way the league is going just now, we're going to see more players that end up doing hybrid stuff like that, and they do want, you know, bigger money for, than just being a single position player. Uh I Kind of looks the rest of it, they still have a reasonable pass rush. The secondary is excellent, um, but it's going to be about Trey Lance, and I don't have the faith in Trey Lance that maybe others do. Um, I can see the talent around him getting them seven, eight wins,
0: but that's as much as I can see. Okay, okay, and then that leaves two left in the Rams and the Cardinals, yeah.
1: Um, and in second place is the Cardinals. Who will again start out hot? Um, they have had a good preseason, but obviously Hopkins is suspended for the start of the year. Keller's got his new contract. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence about whether or not he's worth that much money after a few seasons, but they've obviously made the decision that he's the face of the franchise and they've, they've put the money where the mouth is. Um, I think even without Hopkins, I think they still have a good receiving core there and I think they, they can. But they can run the ball probably better than anyone else in that division. Um, even though they've run the ball better than the Rams do. And on that basis, and no real losses or drop offs from last season, uh, I think they're going to win. We're probably going to look at them at run about 7 7, 11 and 6. And then, yeah, and then that takes us to the team that's going to win it. And that I can't pick a fault in the Rams lineup. Mm. And they lost OBJ and they replaced him with Alan Robinson. And I've got to be honest, that feels like an upgrade. And also, I
0: yeah, love they, Alan lost, Robinson. they lost Von and replaced him with Bobby Wagner. I mean, that's
1: Yeah, I I that feels to me like a kind of yeah, the, the Wagner um von Miller thing is is like for like, and I'm good with that. But that Alan Robinson does feel to me like an upgrade on OBJ. Mm. Um he just i love dropping somebody at the jags i thought he's a standout in chicago even when chicago are playing terribly um and i think you know having him flying the you know cooper cup and alan robinson are just starting wide right receivers is genuinely terrifying for any set of any secondary in the league uh von jefferson Pat jefferson von jefferson had a good breakout season last year in the slot i think he'll continue in there and do really well um, they've got a little bit of depth in the rookies. Cam Akers hopefully will stay fit this year, but we'll see. Um, he's obviously had one bad injury and we don't want him to have a second one. If he does, they've got a good running game. Uh, and they have Matthew Stafford, who you know has finally broken away from this whole kind of yeah, he's talented, but tag that he's had ever since the Lions drafted him. You know, last season he made, you know, he made it he's one season away from the Lions and he won a Super Bowl. Uh, and this season, again, he's a great leader. He's he's very, very accurate, um, short or long. Um, I saw a great stat this week that said that the uh, the two biggest single-season passing um, yardage performances were both with Matthew Stafford as quarterback, obviously Megatron and Cooper Cup. Uh, and I can genuinely see that the Rams running away with it. I can see the Rams winning 14 games this year.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I think they all win. I think they'll have a quite easy season in terms of the regular season, postseason different story. But yeah, I do think they will have a very simple run. Um, in terms of Luke's NFC West predictions, he's gone for the Rams as well with the 49ers, Cardinal Seahawks, which is exactly what I've done for mine, Rams, 49ers, Cardinal Seahawks. I think it's a disgrace that Kyler Murray wants that much money when he really has not done much, in my opinion. Um, and I think the 49ers I do question Trey Lance, but I think with Debo Samuel there, Cal Shanahan, I think that'd be fine. And then for me, I think the easiest division to call in the NFC was the South. I think I've got the Bucks, New Orleans, Carolina, and the Falcons. I think there's not really much to say there. I think that's pretty much self-explanatory. Same with uh, Luke. He's gone for the exact same uh, four. Um, how's your NFC South looking, Steve? Uh, Bucks,
1: Saints, and then it's a coin toss between the Panthers and the Falcons probably I'll take the Falcons to finish last, um, just based on the quarterback situation. The Panthers have not a great quarterback, but, you know, a decent support in, uh, cast. DJ Moore's still there. So he, Christian McCaffrey, if he stays fit, is an excellent threat. Um, yeah, so Falcons last, Panthers third, since second, because I, I think we're going to see another um, Jameis um, season where he throws just as many touchdowns as he does interceptions. But my God, that's going to be fun to watch, especially if Michael Thomas is back to his best and then the Bucks just as long as Tom Brady doesn't un retire. Hmm. Is it un, yeah. un- reti- You just can't. an it
0: un it's un Yeah, it's un un-retire. So he retired
1: then he unretired. And now is he going to retire and retire? Is that how it works? I don't know. Or is it an un un-retire? I don't know. Either way, as long as Brady stays, um that that team there is going to win that division. They've got a lot of veterans come in. They all come in like short term, you know, minimum money contracts so they can make the best team available. And Brady is the best leader of any team in the league. Uh, You know, he demands certain standards from his players and he gets them, but still in that division.
0: And now, before we do head off to our second episode, which will be the AFC predictions, we're going to give you our three NFC wildcard teams. So we'll go to Luke first. You just gone. A actually, we'll go to Steve first. Steve, what are your three NFC wildcard teams?
1: Okay, so for the NFC, and this is going to be a tough one. Um, <clears throat> so the NFC East almost always produces one. Um, obviously, I've gone for the Eagles to win it, so I'm having the Cowboys as one of the wildcard teams there. Um, the NFC South is a train crash, and the Bucks will win that. Obviously. I genuinely can't see any of the teams getting 10 wins. So we're not having a wild card from there. So that just gives us the option of, will the West have two teams or will the West and the North have one team each? Now for me, the Rams obviously win the West. So are the Cardinals going to do enough to get a wild card? Well, yes, the Cardinals are good enough to get a wild card. They're good enough to get 11, possibly even 12 wins, which just leaves the North. And, the Lions aren't good enough to get 10 wins. The Vikings are, but it very much depends on does Dalvin Cook stay fit and does the new coach head coaches come in improve Kirk Cousins' game just enough to eke out? Because there were a lot of games the Vikings lost last season by the odd point here and there. And obviously they are cursed when it comes to the kicking game. So if he can sort those two out, the Vikings can pick up 10 wins next season and they will scrape in as your third wild card.
0: Okay, um, I'm not sure which all Luke put it down for, but he's given me the Vikings, the Eagles, and the 49ers as his three playoff teams. Now, for me, I've been looking forward to this this one. Um, in terms of, I've been thinking this one for a long time. But my first one, I think the Saints. I think, I think James have a really good year. I think they got was it eight or nine wins last year with. Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hills, their quarterbacks, and Ian Book for one game. I think now they've got an actual sort of middle range quarterback. I think that's going to elevate them the next the next level. I do question whether, you know, James, because James got five touchdowns, two picks, or, or seven touchdowns, three picks, or something in his first five games before he got the injury. So I think yeah, he least five and two as a starter and through, I want to say something like 13 touchdowns, three. I can't remember. It's something like he had a good. Lack of interceptions, basically, and I think that was down to Sean Payton. So, I do wonder whether he'll be the same under a new head coach. But it is someone that has stepped in um, through Covid and things that in place of Sean Payton in the past and Dennis Allen. So, I do think they'll be good in that sense. My sixth seed is the Vikings. I said before, I think they need a refresh, and I think that's exactly what Kevin O'Connell will give them. Things Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. I think they're all going to be good enough. But then my seventh team now, this is one I've been this is my this is by far my boldest prediction of the whole of this ep- of these predictions we're What's doing. What's this
1: Andy with a hot take? That never
0: happens. <laughs> always gotta have one, you've always gotta have one crazy one out there in case it's proved right. And I think this team is gonna shock the world. So my oh, no. third place team no. in an NFC Wildcard team is the No, you're not. The you know the truth is going for the playoffs you
1: Lunatic. <laughs> I've got, uh... this
0: hunch. I've got this hunch I got this hunch. I have thought the 49ers maybe I've been t- this time, I've been picking between the 49ers and the Lions for about two months now oh I chose God. the Lions because I don't know whether Trey Lance for the first year anyway will do good and I just think there's something about Dan Campbell which I love and there's something about them and I thought this way before they were on Hard Knocks Hard Knocks has probably slightly hindered my belief but I, I just think that the end of the year really well and there's something about I don't know what it is I think FVN. No one thought the Bengals make it all the way. So I think, I think the Lions. This is my you my do. big bold prediction, and they are my like team. No spoilers there. Um, you I- are on crack.
1: <laughs> there is no other way for me to politely say this. You're a lunatic. There is no way on this earth that <laughs> the <this is what> Lions <laughs> make a wildcard space this year. Not a chance. There's more chance of a Jets Super Bowl win.
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I do think actually they're going to work place, but um, yeah, I, I just think I don't know what it, I think it's the way they ended last year. I just think there's a lot of new head coaches trying to get used to a new system where the players already know from last year. I do think if they do do well, it's not down to the office, I think it's down to their defense. If they could do well. I think that that'll be I think that will carry them in some games, especially with the new, new players like Aiden Hutchinson. I just think. You can you can call me crazy, and I do think this is probably going to be proved massive. They're probably going to have the season with like five wins or something. But I just think you got to go, you got to go harder, go home. And I, I do think this is my excuse with saying the Lions. But I just think that you know, on paper, the 49ers should probably make it over them. But I, I just think the stunning about the Lions, the stunning cooking there, they've drafted really well. The last Jameson Williams has come in as well this, this in this draft, and I do think they've had a really good off season. So. The last two year penny soul or another year for him. No, that's, I, I just think the Lions are are going the right way. And I do think that this is gonna be gonna be their year to finally prove the critics wrong.
1: You did say there, call me crazy. Andy, you are crazy. <laughs> you are genuinely not on the same planet as the rest of us.
0: <laughs> well, <the> one. <laughs> <laughs> that is the conclusion of our NFC predictions episode. Just to recap before we do head off um luke's nfc east was cowboys eagles commanders giants uh, nfc north was packers vikings bears lions his nfc west was rams 49ers cardinal seahawks and his nfc south prediction was bucks saints panthers falcons with his three wildcard teams in the nfc being the vikings eagles and the 49ers steve's nfc east was from first to fourth uh, eagles cowboys commanders giants nfc north was packers vikings lions bears NFC West was Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks. NFC South was Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons with the Cowboys, Cardinals and the Vikings as his three NFC wildcard teams. And then my NFC East was Eagles, Cowboys, Washington, Giants, NFC North, Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. NFC West, Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks. And then the Bucks. Saints, Panthers, and the Falcons as the NFC South teams. And then the wildcard teams I've gone for are the Saints, the Vikings, and the Detroit Lions. So that is the end of this part one of our prediction episode. Cause anyone who is listening to is fan of these teams. We have got many season previews. And by the time this podcast comes out, we'd have all 32 teams done. So do check out on our old platform, the Trip platform, where we do have all the team predictions. It's worth checking out obviously our new platform, the Across the Pod platform, where we'll have all of our NFL 22 season episodes and beyond on there. So that's been part one, and we'll see you guys for part two.